everyone, and welcome to Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host, Josh Turner, also known as Wolf. And uh, with me tonight is my esteemed colleague, Barton. You want to say hi, Barton? Hello, paratroopers. Hope you're doing great tonight. Barton Nunley, and we are going to be doing a discussion with uh, someone. But first, let me get to the uh, PRTPodcast.com. It's Josh Turner at PRTPodcast.com. Josh Turner at PRTPodcast.com. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe and check out the live stream on Tuesdays. Yeah, so it's three hours of material. There's all kinds of stuff we talk about. We go down the rabbit hole and all kinds of stuff. Literally, it's almost always three hours. I mean, it's just or, or over three hours sometimes. And um, a lot of people from around this community uh, gravitate toward that Tuesday live stream. I see all kinds of people from the community in there. So you never know who's going to show up or who's going to be a guest on the show. And uh, so we have a guest tonight. But before we get into it, Barton, what is your group called? It's called In Humanoids with Barton Nunley. Everybody come on over. Yep. Barton Nunley has a group now. And I have Paranormal Roundtable. My wife has Paranormal Lounge. She also created the Paranormal Prayer Group. And there's a lot of people who... Uh, are in these groups now in the, the Wolf Turner PRT fan page, which I did not create. People think that I'm feeding my ego by making I didn't make that. In fact, half the memes in there are teasing me. So, uh, yeah, just go over there and check out that. There's a lot of cool stories. Uh, Barton, there was one in there that you were talking about today in Paranormal Roundtable. What was it? Well, it's where somebody had posted a uh, deathbed confession. Yeah. Uh, it sounded pretty interesting to me about yeah. the... Uh, Moon landing. Yeah, so you guys go check it out. There's yeah, it's all kinds of stuff that's in there and, and you never know what kind of stuff's gonna pop up in that group. So I don't wanna say right. too much about the moon landing because I don't want to be having problems, but <laughs> say well, I will I, say yeah. there it, it is it, there's some weird there's some iffy stuff. Let's just put it that way. But anyway, we're gonna get to our, our show here. Our guest tonight is Jesus Payan, and yes, he goes by Jesus. And some of you may know him, maybe you may not. Uh, Jesus, you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Hello, everybody. So, um, yeah, my I might be like more known for my uh, acting stuff because I've been acting for about 15, 16 years. Uh, so I was in Breaking Bad and uh, Better Call Saul, played Gonzo. And I've uh, been in a bunch of other various movies and TV shows as the bad guy. But uh, there's a lot of people out there that don't know me as an actor and know me as a uh, paranormal researcher, Bigfoot hunter, UFO researcher, um, all that, all the cool conspiracy stuff. And, uh, but mainly the majority of the people at the moment know me for Bigfoot stuff. They would be more than likely listening to this podcast. Yeah. And you, you're, you're Bigfoot. Wow. You have a channel, right? On YouTube. What's it called? Uh, breaking Bigfoot. Yep. <laughs> That's pretty clever. So, I, 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 I was introduced to you by a mutual friend and we started talking the other night. And of course I had work, uh, obligations. I apologize. And, and we didn't get to finish talking, but we talked for over an hour and, uh, very interesting things you had to say. Um, let's get started. Like, okay. So I asked you the question when we first started talking, like, how did you get into this and how did it start with you? And you had given me an answer. So do you want to go from there from, from the beginning when you were you know young sure um my dad was in the air force was stationed in england 
so I was there from age two to mm, six or seven that around that world. And uh, during that time, um, we lived in a haunted house. And my mom had a, a book called The Mysterious World by Arthur C. Clarke. And uh, I was four years old, and I started reading. And I started reading that book, and I ended up reading that whole book uh, by the time I was five. And inside that book, there was, you know, every mystery that was out there, UFOs, Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, the Crystal Skulls, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, yeah, so my, my mom saw that I, you know, I, that I was fascinated with all this stuff. And they were interested in those things. And uh, we all packed up and we went to the Loch Ness uh, Lake for two weeks and hunted for Nessie. Uh, we we yeah. didn't catch, though. No, uh, <laughs> we did scoop up some water and we were hoping we had some Nessie poo uh, in that little jar that we kept, you know? Well, you you kind of broke up a little bit there. What happened? <clears throat> Before we left, we scooped up water mm -hmm. into some little boxes. Down, uh, in hopes that we had Nessie uh, scat somewhere in there, uh, <laughs> and we still in the water. Yeah, that uh, experience when you were a child, it was profound. I'm, I'm not talking about the just the Loch Ness, but living in the haunted house. Do, do you remember any of it, or were you too young to really recall any of the experiences there? What happened? No, I, I remember. I remember. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Because, um, yeah, I would, we'd hear somebody walking up and down the stairs. The house, is, the house that we lived in was over 200 years old. And um, yeah, it, had, it was two-story. And, yeah, we'd hear people walking up and down the stairs. Uh, the TV, it, back then, it had three channels and one big uh, dial that clicked really hard. Click, click, click to change the channels. And um, at nighttime, the TV would turn on and the channels were being changed. Uh, stuff like that and uh, one room my sister's room would be like just deathly cold and she would always come to my room she's my older two years older than me she'd come and come and sleep in my room because she had she wouldn't sleep in there because it was scary yeah did you ever see anything in, in that house or no i never saw anything uh the only thing that i saw in that house was like i said besides hearing all that weird stuff was a uh, UFO saw two UFO uh, two UFOs. One of them uh, was cigar shaped and was uh, flying towards the window. And this was during the same time that the uh, uh, Bentwaters the in incident that happened in Rendlesham Forest was going on. My dad was uh, working there, and uh, yeah, that was the exact same year I was there, and I was seeing UFOs. Wow. That, I was just thinking about well, that when you said England house. about Rendlesham. What was that, Barton? I've seen UFOs while living in a haunted house. Yeah. I, I want to say that's surprising, Jesus, but it's really not. Yeah. It's not it's, as surprising you know, as people think. Yeah, it kind of goes along with what, what, what happens. Like, so, you know, what we were talking about the other day, Jesus, like, you, you, and we agreed on this, like, the, when you were talking about the fractured community, um, how everybody who, who believes in, in one subject in the paranormal that's like that's what they think everything is and you were like i can tell you because you had all these different experiences and you were telling me this and i'm going like man that's completely true because that's exactly what's 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 barton's deal that's my deal 
we are experiencers. We are all people who have experienced multiple things, and you definitely have. And so some of the things you were telling me were just crazy. I mean, to the uninitiated, you know, it sounds crazy. You know, it's just crazy. It's wild, you know. But to me, it's just like, it's like a, you know, when we were talking, it was just like, it was a, it's the normal day at the office. <laughs> you know, we're talking right. about it. It was just like, this is just a Tuesday. You know, <laughs> it's just what, it's just what it is, you know? Um, but it, I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what it is. Uh, what really got me was the fact that you are, uh, into Bigfoot and you had in, one of the theories you had really struck a chord with me because we talked about how, you know, it was a flesh and blood. Is it a spiritual thing? And you thought, you know, that there could be ghosts. Um, and, and talk about that. Tell me what you were telling me the other night. Okay. So what I was saying was that we are possibly dealing with both, both, uh, the, the pure physical and the spiritual or, uh, I don't know how, how else you describe it. Paranormal. Ethereal. Um, yeah, the ethereal. Yeah, so what I'm saying is if, if there's ghosts and the people out there that believe in ghosts uh, and there's demons and there's, you know, spirits and there's hauntings and the people that get haunted by ghosts, uh, they describe seeing, you know, many of the same things that people are seeing Bigfoots do, but not understanding what it, how that's working. So I, you know, it was explained that, you know, ghosts have been seen manifesting in the physical form disappearing uh floating around as orbs and then becoming the, you know the the person and vice versa uh you know throwing things ghosts have been known to throw all kinds of stuff pebbles uh pennies you know just strange things uh bigfoots people say they get rocks thrown at them too little things get thrown at them they don't know where they're coming from they've seen bigfoots disappear reappear they've seen orbs you you know what i mean all the same things so what if we're not dealing with uh, the, I guess, the supernatural Bigfoot that we're thinking it might be uh, with these teleportation powers and interdimensional things. What if it's, well, I guess it is still interdimensional, but <laughs> what if it's a ghost? These are dead, uh, dead Bigfoots, you know, Bigfoot ghosts, you know, and they're haunting their forests where they died. And, uh, yeah, we're experiencing it, maybe. See, and I Just was there, yeah. That, that, that's and that's a very good one, you know. And I took it a step further. I was thinking, you know, that maybe these things can actually shed their physical body, which in in in, in an essence would be death, because what death is is a threshold to another life for us. It's another world you enter into it, but maybe they can shed it and then co- come and go, or maybe they just shed it and they just stay in, in, as a spirit, or maybe they come here as a spirit and become flesh. There's all these different ideas and thoughts, and we were going back and forth, and I thought, man, I like I like this guy because <laughs> you know, we had we had a very interesting conversation, and I thought, man, this is awesome. You're, you're you know you're uh, communicating, uh, you're speaking my language, you know. And so when we started talking, you had a I guess you should say a plethora of experiences. And Barton, one of the things that me and uh, Jesus were talking about the other day um, it was that not only with the UFO experiences, but, you know, while he was living in the haunted house, but he's also had Bigfoot experiences. And people who are strict on the flesh and blood Bigfoot, you know, spectrum, 
um, what they would say is, oh, that's that's really that's almost impossible, you know, to to have that. But they they don't believe in experiencers because they're grounded in the flesh, so it, it limits them as researchers. To, in my in my opinion, and it limits it limits anybody who doesn't understand that this is all connected. But you definitely are a person that can uh, help to bring that home and explain that to people. So. Tell the audience, you know, the people at home that are listening to our discussion, t- tell them uh, about your experiences. And you can start um, from the earliest age, which you already have with the, the haunted house. But I just wanted to get that Bigfoot thing out of the way. But but I want you to tell them your experiences that you that you can recall and, and recount from your youngest age after the uh, living in the haunted house in England up until your current to present day. Okay, so so not just the Bigfoot stuff, or do you want to hear the Bigfoot thing? Um, we we can just just go in order. I mean, or you know, let's just do that. Just go in order from your youngest experience. So to go in order after the uh, the the haunted house, which it turned out that under the staircase uh, was a closet, and in that closet, uh, at the end of the the back of the closet, there was this. It would always be cold wind that would come out of there. Uh, my parents did some research uh, and found out that behind that uh, wooden wall was, uh, I guess they used to have slaves back then. And that's where they would store them, store the slaves and keep them. And uh, a lot of them died in there and are still in there, their bones. So that was interesting, you know. Uh, after that, we moved uh, to the States. and. Yeah, it was more seeing UFOs every once in a while, ex- uh, experiencing uh, like ghost stuff. Uh, but yeah, I always saw UFOs. No matter no matter what year it was, no matter where we, I was, I would be seeing UFOs and having strange dreams. And uh, it was when I turned, I would say like man, eight or nine, and we're we're in, living in New Mexico. And we're living in this house uh, on Lover's Lane, and it had all wooden floors. And we would hear, you know, people walking back and forth on the wooden floors. And uh, we had bunk beds in our room, and yeah, we would see ghosts come in. And I guess it'd be like more like the shadow person. Um, and one night, I we saw that, and I fell off the bunk bed. Uh, so, also scared and done peed in my pants and ran to my parents' room all upset. Um, they, they thought I was just being crazy. And then other days we'd come home from, we're latchkey kids, you know, and uh, we'd come home and folks were at work and uh, yeah, the ghosts would, would, would come out and play and we would get, you know, be scared as crap and we'd hide under the, the kitchen table and the kitchen you, it was like kind of connected to the living room so it was like they could see, you know, through Whichever side you're looking at, you, you can see each other, you know? And uh, my mom had this really long tablecloth on the table. So we would be hiding under the table, and we'd be hearing uh, people above us, like they're sitting at the table playing uh, chess or checkers, you know? You know, and, uh, We would hear the TV turning on and changing channels, but we'd look up when we'd lift up the, cur- the, the tablecloth, the TV wouldn't be even on, and it'd just, stop, it'd just be quiet. And then we got back, we'd go hide back under it, and then it all start start up again. And uh, so that, like I said, just 
things like that continued uh, as I was growing up. And um, yeah, I had I kept on drawing uh, pictures of uh, green, scary monsters with big eyes. And uh, my mom would always hate when I draw pictures like that. She said she said that was just it was scary. I shouldn't think of them giving myself nightmares. And still continuing to see UFOs. Uh, and, these, and I'm living on bases and stuff. So um, one day I'm talking to my friends. I'm 12 years old now. We're living in Tucson, Arizona. And yeah, I'd seen another UFO, you know? And I was talking to my friends and I was like, hey guys, did you see that UFO the other night? And they're like, what? I go, the UFO, you know, the big old glowing thing. Uh, and it just sits there in the sky, <laughs> you know, and they thought I was freaking nuts, you know what I mean? And that's when I realized it wasn't normal. I thought it was normal, you know, to be seeing stuff like that all the time. And then we moved from there uh, to back to New Mexico, and uh, the strangest, strangest stuff c- continued, you know, seeing UFOs and, you know, weird, weird things happening. And, um, when uh, I would say in 1999, I was living in uh, Paso, Texas, and out of visitations, uh, like I'd never received before, because before that point in my life, any of my visitations with UFOs and abductions, uh, they kept it pretty, uh, like the you know the flashy thing on Men in Black. Mm-hmm. So I didn't remember a lot from the back then, just little glimpses here and there. Uh, not, 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 they didn't show up and let me remember what they did. You know what I mean? As I was growing up. But in 1999, I don't know what, what happened, but they were just out of control showing themselves with, to me. And, uh, they scared the crap out of me. I wasn't like, you know, all Disney with birds, you know, on my shoulders and stuff, you know, tripping away. That crap scared the heck out of me. And, uh, got to the point where I had covered all my windows in my, uh, my house trailer, uh, with, uh, canvas, black canvas, because they had been looking in my window at me <laughs> very unsettling. They'll, they'll knock on the, you know, the, the window. Doom, doom, doom. And I look and you have a big old black eye, you know, looking back at me. So, so wait, you were like 23 years old at this time, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so you were in your early 20s and you were witnessing. So like you saw like like what could be described as an alien looking in your window? Yeah. Yeah. What did it look like? What do you remember it looking like? It looked like the traditional gray, you know, um, big head, big almond shaped eyes. Goes, the chin comes to almost a point. Uh, the nose was not a real big nose, just a barely protruded with two hole, little holes, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, it was. It was. I'd be in my room. I lived there, you know, by myself, and I'd live in my room. I'd be in my room, laying down, and the our, the bedroom door was a sliding piece of wood door, you know. Uh, you know, single wide old old school seventies trailer. And, um, I could, I'd hear them running up and down the hallway and touching my door and running around. And, uh, yeah, they, wherever my head was, they could, they would knock three times on the wall. And, uh, I would just, you know, uh, hope I fell asleep. 
you know, quickly. And sometimes, uh, they would, uh, pull my, my sheets down, you know, like from the foot of the bed and pull all the sheets down. And that was scarier than crap. Cause I would try to tug them back, you know, <laughs> we'd like have a little tug of war, but I never want. And in that room one time, um, there is a, uh, where a dresser would go, the indention for a dresser and then the, and it would be caddy uh, flush with the closet. You know what I mean? But if there's no dresser there, there, you got the indention where it would have gone. And when, one night, you know, in my room, lay down to go to sleep and all the usual ruckus starts. And I notice uh, in the corner, there's one standing in the corner staring at me, scared the crap out of me. I blacked out. Um, so the next day I, Used thumbtacks and put up material, and they kind of made a curtain, thinking I had defeated them. And I was like, ha, 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 now I can't see you because you'll be behind the curtain, you know? And that didn't help nothing because the next night I got to see little long fingers grab the curtain and pull aside and look out at me, which even was even scarier, you know? And uh, from there, I got... Uh, called by a, a family friend and apparently the their mom um gave up all their her kids she just couldn't do it no more and left and uh it was his little brothers and sisters and he didn't live in that you know, in the state so he called me and asked me if i would uh be willing to go move over there in las cruces and uh, take care of the kids and take over you know as a parent so that's what i did i went over there and took over and all the weird crap followed me. And, uh, I just talked to the, to the guy that, uh, what I'm going to tell you, uh, was living with me. One of the, the young, the young kids named Anthony, he lives in New York now. And, uh, he's reached out to me again, uh, recently to talk about what, what happened because he started questioning if that ever, if it really happened. And he wanted to know if he was just, uh, dreaming, dreaming up these memories or, uh, if, if I really saw that stuff too, you know? And so moved over to Las Cruces and having the little, again, those little, uh, grays coming into the house. Uh, the, there was two boys and one girl. The, the girl ended up, um, moving in with her auntie. So it was just me, Anthony and, uh, the little brother. And they were 16 and 11 years old. And uh, so they got to witness a lot of these things. And uh, one night, um, I was having a dream. I thought it was a dream. And in my dream, there was a, a ugly, ugly witch, green face, real just there. And she was in my room and was lev like picking, like levitating me, right? And was like lifting me all the way up until I it was pressing my, it was like pressing my uh, face and body against the roof. Like she wanted me to go through it, but I wasn't, I was just getting squished. And I, I said, ow, you know, and she, she let go and I dropped down on the bed. Uh, well, the next morning I wake up and the 17, the 16 year old Anthony, he, he tells me, Hey man, what was going on last night? I was like, what do you mean, dude? He was all, uh, well, I heard this big old crash. He was, and I came to your door, knocked on your door. And, you know, it was like, you okay, dude? And you told me everything is okay. Go to bed. Go back to bed. And, uh, I was like, you heard a big old crash. And then I was, you know, I started thinking about my dream. 
I go, if that really happened, dude, I go, I'm because I weigh over 300 pounds. So if that really happened, I would have broken the, the all the box spring, you know. And we lifted up the bed and because uh, it, it wasn't on a it wasn't on a bed frame, it was just on the floor, the box and the mattress. And we lifted it up, and sure enough, uh, five of the boards were all broken in half. And it was things like that that was very, very, you know, interesting. That it was affecting the physical world. And then, uh, yeah, we would see UFOs a lot as well. In where we were living, it was Doniana County. Uh, in uh, it was like on the very edges of the of the city, uh, trailer courts next to the cornfields and other types of fields out there. They grew a lot of you know uh, vegetables. So the neighborhood kids would come over and I would tell stories. I'd sit in the front yard and I'd tell them the stories about, you know, UFOs and uh, abductions and stuff. They called me the UFO guy. So one day, uh, me and Anthony were at the house. Uh, his little brother is now staying with uh, auntie as well. So it's just us two now. And uh, we hear a bunch of banging on the door. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you hear a bunch of little kids yelling, UFO guy, UFO guy. And we go to the door. And you open the door, and there's a bunch of little munchkins, you know. And they're all, there's a UFO over your house. It was like 4 o'clock. And I'm like, all right, you little wise guys, get out of here, you know. <laughs> and, and then I see their parents in the, in, the, in the middle of the street looking up over my trailer. And I'm like, oh, crap. So I turn o- over, I look, look up, and sure enough, there's a big glowing uh, white disc spinning above my trailer. And as soon as I get a good look at it, it shoots off towards the, the mountains. Uh, the, uh, I believe it's the Guadalupe Mountains and, uh, turn into three, uh, glowing orbs, like, uh, in a, uh, delta configuration and start spinning, you know, just spinning, 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 spinning. And so it's me, Anthony, those kids and their parents were out standing in the street watching this thing just continually spin. Well, it spinned for a long time until it started, uh, sunset came and starting to get dark. And one of the, 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 the wives of, uh, the couple that was there, um, she says, well, um, that's really cool, Jesus, but it's getting kind of late. So we're going to have to go in and start dinner. Okay. And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> like it was my fault or something. And yeah, they, they left and went in and, uh, the rest of that night was just ridiculous. Um, we started seeing, it got dark and we started seeing a, a, a like a, a flash of light. Like it was like a light bulb, you know, like a picture flash, but there was no, uh, light source. And, it would happen every like I don't know five seconds. It would happen again. It would light up the 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 yard and the neighbor's back wall, you know, on their trailer. And this is continued and continued. And then we got like showered with little tiny pebbles, but there's there's no source. We're not seeing the source. Uh, we're getting pretty freaked out. And unfortunately, at the time we didn't have electricity either. Uh, our electricity had been shut off. So that didn't help anything. And my vehicle, the transmission blew and the battery went dead. So we had no vehicle. And, uh, so we're, we're pretty in 
dire dire uh, straits at the time. But yeah, we started hearing this uh like something in the trailer running around. We were outside. We went outside because we were just freaked out. It was too dark in the trailer. And we heard little things running around and then big giant uh like pounding. Um like a giant was stomping, you know, like like if you had a serious bass in your vehicle, but it wasn't quite like music bass, but it was more like I said, like a giant walking or something. And yeah, we ran into the car, locked ourselves in there, and just kept on hearing all this strange stuff. And that light was still flashing. Um, none of the neighbors seemed to be awake. Uh, it was like, we were, we were pretty upset, like freaking out. And finally, I was like, I ain't going to stand for this. You know, I'm going to do something about it. And we, I said, let's go up to the trailer. And next time we hear big boom, boom, boom thing, we'll uh, hit the wall, you know, ourselves, like, you know, with our fists. Maybe we'll scare it away. And uh, that's what we did. We went up to it and we waited and boom, 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 boom. And we hit hit the trailer and it hit back. But it sounded like King Kong now. Scared the living crap out of us. We ran back into the car. And then uh, I guess to kind of shorten the story up, three days later, uh, we went to a friend's house. And he had a newspaper in his uh, on his table. And he said his dad had just been arrested, and it was front on the front cover. But on the left side of that, uh, his dad's, you know, being arrested, there was a, a oblong column that said, Air Force says UFO, uh, a weather balloon. I mean, classic, classic weather balloon thing, you know? Silly as hell. And it said, it described what happened that day, that a UFO was seen over Las Cruces and... Uh, Ended up turning to a three spin, you know, three little circles spinning. And my uncle, he worked for 911 in El Paso. So I was like, man, I wonder if he was working that day because it said that uh, 911 received a bunch of calls. So, uh, in reports of UFO, the UFO was reported from El Paso, Texas, and Las Cruces because they share a, a, a common mountain on either side, you know? And so I called up my uncle and asked my uncle, I was like, hey, uncle, and I wasn't trying to lead him, you know, by saying, hey, did anybody call about a UFO, you know? I just said, hey, I go, anything weird happened at work, like any strange calls in the last few days, you know? He's like, actually, he was, yeah, I wanted to tell you, I don't know why I forgot, he was, but yeah, he was a few days ago, uh, all 911 lines in Las Cruces, Anthony, and El Paso were jammed with UFO reports. He was, and I thought about you right away. <laughs> he was, he was, uh, yeah, he's. I don't know how I forgot to tell you, and uh, yeah, so it came out in the news, the newspaper uh, in Las Cruces, and yeah, it reached all the way to El Paso, Texas, uh, when that stuff was happening. So that's continually happened. Uh, there we moved. I moved uh, to Tularosa, New Mexico, and that's where I had my first. Uh, no, to Riodoso. We moved to Riodoso. Oh yeah, two thousand. Yeah, and that's where we first. I first heard physically foot scream or howl or do a call, however you want to call it. Uh, that was the first time when my parents were with me and my sister. She was a police officer, and we fell so down. And uh, yeah, that's what really got me. Uh, I guess to to add to my obsession of every all the other weird stuff. Um, yeah, I, that's how I started with Bigfoot. And that was 22 years ago. But I've been 
reading and researching Bigfoot, you know, since I was little. You know, I just never had actually been in the field until then. You know, so you we, you, you had all these ex- uh, these experiences. It seemed like they were based around. Um, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not trying. I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, but it, it seems like it was all based around what was alien abduction. Like that was the beginning, awesome. like the crux of it. You know. Yeah, the, the, I'd say up until that point, yeah, there was a lot. The most uh, most intense stuff was yeah, the, all the alien stuff. There's a lot of that, and UFOs never stopped. I still see them. I saw a UFO yesterday. You know, and so, and, and a lot of people who. Would would listen to you and say, "Oh, that's crazy!" You know, this guy's seen Bigfoot, he's seen UFOs, whatever. But people like Barton said, you know, and we've talked about this multiple times, Barton, the people we've interviewed. A lot of people see Bigfoot and UFOs. It's just that whenever yeah. a re- UFO researcher get talks to you, they don't want to hear about your Bigfoot experience. That's not that doesn't fit the narrative. And then the Bigfoot researcher doesn't want to hear about the the alien abduction or. <clears throat> you know, the UFOs. It's like they're two different things and it's some sort of uh, strange coincidence that a lot of people have both. And then there'll be right. researchers that'll tell tell me, well, I, I don't get any reports of, of people who've seen both. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy that you don't get that because I get bunches of them. And they're like, oh, it's because you do paranormal. But then they also classify paranormal as <laughs> the study. Like it has nothing to do with, with Bigfoot or you know, and I, and I just I, I go back to the thing where people say, <clears throat> "Well, the Native Americans had more knowledge than us, and they understood the world around us better." And these same people, I'll, I'll catch them slipping on a podcast or something, and they'll be like, "Well, I don't believe that Bigfoot's a spiritual creature." And you're like, "Wait a minute, weren't you the same guy that said you believe in what the Native Americans say?" Well, most of the Native Americans tell us that Bigfoot is a spirit. And they are just, I mean, almost all of them across the board look at him as a another uh, type of human, but it's a spiritual yeah. being, you know. And so it, it's hard. You can't really have your cake and eat it too. And, and it's just the same thing with people who are, are Christian or Muslim. They have a very strict uh, belief that, that, that uh, everything is a, is a demon or a jinn that, that's not something they can really explain. And I'm I'm going like, dude, that's a very simplified, you know, answer for all this. I mean, like when you look at what uh, you went through, we did a show, uh, I don't know how long ago it's been now, but um, it was called Celestial Bigfoot. And I had, I caught some backlash for that. I think it was like two years ago. And uh, Barton wasn't with me at that time. And, but it was, you know, it basically was was giving the points that you know that Bigfoot there is a connection between Bigfoot and, and alien abduction and UFOs because people have reported it you know and so when we did that show there were people that told me you know that's that's impossible there's no way that they could you know that there's a connection there's just you know and I'm like why not why is it that it's so hard to accept that someone can have both experiences it's just so uh out of the realm of normality <laughs> just us three sitting here talking, we've all had these weird experiences. How normal is that, right? You know, I mean, it's weird to have one of these. Like, it's weird to have UFO and alien abduction. It's it's out of the, the realm of normality, right? It's weird to see ghosts. It's weird to have Bigfoot. But when you start breaking it down, it's not really that weird to have all of them because a lot of people who've had one – you don't really get the full scope of the story of of what they've been through because you're just listening to a podcast about Dogman or Bigfoot or alien abduction. And 
they don't they don't care about the rest of the they just throw it out and then you don't you don't ever hear about that part of it which is just to me it's shocking how much of it goes unreported because a lot of people they only they only want to hear your bigfoot stories and then that's it right and, and then they walk away from you and you could say well wait a minute I, I i i lived in a haunted house it was you know if you want to call it the haunted house what i lived in was like a, it was beyond haunted it was ridiculous but like you know, they they're like, oh well, sorry, you know, call call uh, somebody else for that, you know, because they just don't care to hear about anything but what they're studying. That's it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. when you were going through all this, Jesus, let me ask you a question. It's it's intriguing. Like you said, the curtain. So like you put up a curtain, like in the on yeah. the inside of your house, and and. Um, they were able to reach through like, uh, the wall and move the curtain. Well, the way it is, like, imagine a room, a, bed, a rectangular room. Okay. And you got a rectangular room and you got, you want a closet. So in the, the, the back wall, you build a protruding closet, you know, but it takes up space on the right side. Now you have an indention where you can put something. Usually in trailers, they would put a dresser there. And that would uh, make that back wall flush. So there was no dresser there. And uh, I hung up a, a curtain to make it run flush with the, the, the protruding closet. So it, they couldn't. I couldn't see them standing in the corner staring at me. So however they got behind the damn curtain, I don't know. But at some point, they were... They got to the curtain, you know, may have they walked through the wall or, I don't know, just appeared there, manifested there. I don't know. But I got to see one of them behind the curtain, grab the curtain, you know, their little long fingers, pull the curtain and look out at me, you know? Yeah, that's freaky, dude. So, so like, they, they can do things, and, and I get this all the time, but, like, it happened to you. Like, they, they, they can do things that defy our laws of physics they don't they don't abide by that let's put it that way they can what i'm sorry oh no no i was saying they can manipulate go ahead and 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 tell us more okay so uh same place this is we're jumping backwards a little bit back to el paso before i went to las cruces in 99 and uh i'm back in the trailer all this craziness is going on i don't understand it uh, because up until that point, I hadn't quite officially accepted that I was uh, dealing with uh, abduction and aliens um, because they never showed themselves to me as much as I, you know, I had seen them at this point. And I thought it had all been ghosts, you know. I just happened to see UFOs all the time. And uh, so I, I was at my aunt, my aunt's house, and she had I went to her library, and I I saw this uh, the uh, backside of the a book cover um and it had two black eyes just piercing my soul you know and it turned out to be the whitley streber's book and um i asked my auntie if i you know if i could uh borrow it and, and i was reading it and it was like reading like that was like my story you know my my childhood <laughs> me growing up it was i was just like holy crap holy crap holy crap and he uh, said in that book that until he was accepted what was going on, did it not become be, become scary anymore? Um, and he had t- 
told them, you know, kind of like laid down and sent the mental message that he's no longer scared, that it's okay. He's going to go willingly, he, you know, feel free to come and, and, and get me whenever. So, because I thought I was going nuts, man. Uh, I decided right, to give that. Quickly, Stryber's, uh, that would be his book, Communion, right, Jesus? Yeah, it's Communion. Yeah, oh yeah. Quite a few, the secret school, all kinds of stuff. And uh, yeah, so I tried to do the same thing. So I went in, uh, um, I had broken my tailbone uh, during this time. At my cousin's house, I fell down his stairs. And I didn't fall down, well, it was comically, but not the traditional tumbling downstairs. It was I slipped on the top stairs, about to go down the stairs, and I bounced on my butt all the way down the stairs and broke my my butt bone. And uh, so I couldn't sleep on my back at all. I always slept on my stomach. And some of the things that, that Whitley had said in his book uh, to do is to look for telltale signs to, and, and things you can do uh, to kind of like set up a situation where you can see if you've been taken or not, you know. And so that's what I, I, I did. You know, he said, you know, pull your bed, put your bed against the wall. Uh, so if they pull you off your bed, it'll pull away from the wall, the bed. When you come back, if the bed's not near the wall, you know, you might have been taken. Um, stuff like that. So I was like, okay, here we go. And I went in the bedroom, which now uh, there was two bedrooms, one on each end of the, the trailer. And up, into, up to this point, I was uh, so scared of that other room now because they were messing with me big time. I stopped staying in that room and... and I, I thought it would help a little bit by switching rooms. So now I'm in this other room that's by uh, the by the street uh, in this trailer court in El Paso. And it was on Vulcan Street, of course. So I laid down on my stomach. I hadn't even turned off the lights. And I, I think in my head, I, you know, exactly what he did. And I said, hey, I'm not scared anymore. Come on down. Come and get me. Um, willing to go. Let's do this. All right. I won't fight you. You know? And I hear, uh, a mental, a mental voice just says, look out the window. And, uh, I push my, uh, I like kind of push myself up like a push up almost, uh, and look out the, the trailer window. Uh, I had the, you know, the, the blinds, you know, you twist the, the little thing, Venetian blinds and, yeah, I, I opened them up with my hands, and there was a big, big black eye right there, looking, you know, with a dark gray skin around the eye, looking back at me. And uh, I screamed like a little girl, and I went limp. So I landed on my my arms, on my, you know, facing down on the bed, and I I heard that mental voice again, and it said, "Here we go again." And that's when I felt something grab my ankles. And I started getting pulled off my bed, and I knew I was getting pulled off my bed because even though I was paralyzed, um, my arms were moving across my chest and into my face. And that's when I blacked out. And uh, I came, you know, when I woke up in the morning, uh, I thought it was Sunday. And I got up and I called my cousin, Ruben, because every Sunday we would go uh, to the Dollar Movies and watch like three, four movies in a row. And that was our Sunday, you know, and hang out and just be silly young cousins. And so I called him 
And uh, he was upset. And he was like, where the hell have you been, man? I was like, what do you mean, where have I been? And I, and I go, I just woke up. It's Sunday. Let's go to the movies. He was like, stop messing around, dude. Where the hell have you been? I went to your house. You weren't there. He was, your car was there. Everything was there. He was, your, your inhaler of asthma. Uh, you know, your keys were there. He was like, but you were not, you know, you weren't there. Um, I called your mom. Uh, we're, yeah, we're, we're, we called the police. And, uh, listen, they said that it needed to be 24 hours, you know, uh, before they could do anything. And my mom told me, told, uh, my cousin to just wait because I might have just went with somebody somewhere, you know, that got, I got picked up or something. So I was like, dude, what the hell are you talking about, bro? Stop messing around. It's Sunday. Let's go to the movies. And I go, and he was, he was, he's stupid. It's Wednesday. It was Saturday night when I went to sleep and did that. And, oh, wow. Uh, it was not, it was not Wednesday. Yeah. So that's serious missing time. When, when you experienced that missing time, you had no recollection, no memories at all. Was there anything? Did it come back to you in pieces? Or, I mean, did you have any other experience? Like, did, like, did, did, did you come to the, any recollections of it at all? Yeah, a little bit later. Not tons of recollections, but uh, one odd, very odd thing. Um, it was... Of course, glowing, glowing walls everywhere. You could, there was no light source. Everything was white. Um, and they sat me down in this chair, uh, which pretty much looked like a, a, a big giant flat screen or it was a windshield, you know? Uh, it was like a captain's chair situation, but everything was white. There was no uh, specific uh, shape, as in there weren't corners anywhere. It was like just very fluid. Perfectly molded chair, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, had, I had like armrests, and uh, there there was no flashing lights or buttons or nothing like that. And from what I could see, I could see stars and uh, some kind of planet. Uh, I don't, I still don't, uh, I'm not sure which one it was. Like I said, it could have been a, a TV screen. I don't know, you know. And uh, while I'm sitting there. Uh, I feel a, a hand go on my shoulder, and I'm like, you know, the, who's that? And I turn my head and I look up, and this is the weird thing: it's it's me, but not me, because that me wasn't chubby and had long hair, a beard, uh, and purple irises, and was wearing uh, was a white robe type situation with the the rope, you know, for the the belt. Um, yeah, it was really odd. And then, uh, that's all I remembered from that, that time. But yeah, no, no memory of the grays. When they, when they come and get me, yeah, I remember them to come and get me. But when I, yeah, whenever, uh, at that moment, yeah, I don't have no memories of them being there. Yeah. And did you ever experience any other type of alien? Like, or what you would consider to be alien, like, presence? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, several times um i had quite a few experiences man um the i've had experiences with the of course like i said the, the little short guy grays um the slightly taller ones that are like five feet tall 
another instance. Uh, I'll get into you know some of the encounters, but um, and just types. Another one was their grays, but they it looked like they were wearing uh, uh, swimming gear, like swimming diving suits, you know, with turtlenecks, but all black. Their heads were not so. Uh, how can I say? Uh, pointy, the pointy chin and the big head. They were more like sideways oval shaped heads, dark gray skin still, but they, their heads weren't the same shape. As the same black eyes, big old, you know, black eyes, but different shapes of eyes. Another, uh, time that I can remember, uh, what reminded me of the big giant, you know, statues over there, you know, the big statues that are those big brown ones with the big ears and noses and all that. You know what I'm talking about? Mm, not real sure. Um, Big statues? Are you talking about Easter Island by any chance? Yeah, the Easter Island statues. Oh, the oh the heads, the Easter Island heads. Okay. Yeah, the yeah, I get it. Yeah, so they look like them, but not statues that are real. Um they were like I would say at least in the world of fifteen to twenty feet tall. Um they're very old. Their skin looked like uh, ancient leather. Their ears were huge, giant earlobes. And uh, out they were like in a circle around me. I was in the middle, and they were talking to each other. Uh, it sounded really guttural, uh, like real deep guttural. I it didn't sound like words to me, but for whatever reason, I could understand what they were saying. And they were having me do things like. Uh, physical jump jumping up and down and doing like trying to do push-ups and weird physical things and one of them uh said uh i can't believe he's able to do these things with his body in that condition and i i remember that specifically because i kind of hurt my feelings you know what i mean i was like not worried about <laughs> no. big giants i was more upset because they were talking crap because I'm chubby, and they, you know, they didn't think I could, you know, move like that. But um, yeah, so there is, there was, that was just one that I never saw them again. That was a, a one-time thing with them. Um, with the uh, overheaded guys, um, it was a very weird thing. I thought I was dreaming, of course. So who knows? That could have been a dream. Uh, so I wake up in this dream, and I'm. It looks like the uh, the old South, where, where they have the big uh like mansions with the plantations you know mm-hmm. in the south yeah that right. kind of play of uh, the willow, willow trees and the whole deal and i'm in somebody's backyard and there's like these looks like two old uh italian 60s little tiny cars uh that are just they're they don't run or nothing they're you know kind of like riding away in the, their backyard whoever's house this is and uh Grass is overgrown, you know, around them and everything. And I hear a, a dog barking, and I'm like, "Oh my God, there's a dog in one of those cars stuck. It's hot out here. It's gonna die," you know. So I run up to the the car and I open the door, and where your feet would go in the driver's seat looked like kind of a like, just blank, black blank. There was no bottom, and then a little uh, dog jumped out of it. Just I don't know where. Just blue. It reminded me of uh, a Jack Russell Terrier. And 
I follow it and it runs to the side of the house uh, and runs into the a side door, which led into a kitchen. And so I go into this kitchen and it's a really pretty kitchen. My mom would have loved it. It had brass, everything hanging from the, 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 the ceiling uh, and the beautiful, you know, Island kitchen and all that. And uh, the dog runs into, from the kitchen, there's like a big opening no doorway that leads to a sitting room. It looks like a sitting room and it's, you have to take a step down to go into that room. And the, there's this little lady sitting on the couch in that room and the dog runs up and jumps onto the couch and then turns to a little girl. And I'm just like, what the heck is going on? You know, this is just nuts. And I asked, I let her go, ma'am, uh, that dog was stuck in your car. Uh, just wondering, is that your dog? Well, was your dog? And she just looks at me, turns her head and smiles and keeps on knitting. And I'm like, what the hell? This is a weird dream, man. And I turn around and I see five of the greys in their black suits. And uh, they're talking amongst themselves. And one of them has like some kind of weird clipboard and uh, a weird looking pen. And he's touching it to the clipboard. And they're talking. And I hear, again, they're talking in a different, it sounds like a different language. But for whatever reason, I could understand them. And I hear one say, keep on uh, speaking in, in, in this tongue so he doesn't understand what we're saying. And I look at them and I say, I, I know exactly what you're saying. And as soon as I said that, they all turned their heads, looked at me, and uh, blacked out. And then I woke up, I was back in my room again. You know, so lots of weird, weird, strange things like that uh, that's happened uh, over the years. One, t- one time, this was uh, at my mom's house, and my dad was out of town driving uh, the big rigs. And my mom wakes me up one night and all upset. And she said that somebody had broken into the house and that she was upset because she was calling my, trying to call my name, call my name. And I actually didn't show up. And uh, my room was just across the hallway. And finally she was able to run into the, to my room. She said that she was in her room getting ready for bed and she had her touch lamp on the light, you know, the, the dimmest setting. And she had just laid down. When she looked over to her closet, uh, it was like half open. It has two doors that are kind of like a accordion, you know. And she said there was a, she thought was a crackhead standing there. She, she was, uh, it was a, it was, she was, she was horribly skinny. She was, and he had these big black eyes and a real wispy, uh, real wispy blonde hair on the top of his head. And he was naked except for he was wearing a, like a red speedo, she said, or something. Um, and he had yellow, he was like yellowish grayish skin. And she said, I looked at him and he looked at me and he looked shocked. Like, uh, she said that, like, I wasn't supposed to see him. She was, and that's when I started trying to call you because I didn't know what was going on. She, I thought a crackhead broke in. And, uh, she thought, she thought she was, it was a crackhead. Well, she said she'd never seen nothing like that before. And he was like super skinny, you know? Uh, and she couldn't, only thing she could think of was, that must be some type of you know, fucking crazy cracker. It's crazy, dude. I mean, I'm not laughing at the, you know, but it's just it's funny because she was like, I just thought a crackhead broke in. Uh, yeah. that's, that's horrible. 
Yeah, see, and then, like, with my grandma, because I started, once this was, like, really happening to me in, the, in a major way, and it was a very prominent thing in my life, I started researching. That's what, that's what got me researching the abduction experience, because I was trying to understand what the hell was happening to me, you know? And, um, yeah, that's that's when I started paying attention more to when I would and trying to experiment, you know, with stuff. Uh, like, oh, it's just... It, it's it's very very nuts old, and uh, cause like I got to you know meet you know Travis Walton and you know the a lot of people I ended up running into that uh had, were abductees. It was just like out of nowhere, we just running into each other. They're real weird. It's like we're attracted to each other. When did you correspond with uh, Travis? We both were speaking for a. Uh, a UFO conference. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah Cause I, I, I've, I've messaged with him back and forth, but we haven't uh, gotten together. He's been interviewed a lot. Um, and I don't really know what, we, what I could, what I could, uh, anything I can provide yeah, we, new, you know? Right. No, we, we went to dinner. All of us went to dinner together and, you know, we all hung out at Applebee's and we're just swapping stories and, yeah, a lot, a lot of people, the actual encounter with Travis is a lot different from what the movie was. Okay, folks, so that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, tune in to the next episode where I return with my guest and with Barton Nunley. And thank you for listening to PRT. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Good night. Mm-hmm.